0: Hey everyone, thanks for watching and joining along with us this morning. We're continuing in the book of Mark this morning. We're on Mark chapter 6, and this is actually a really good follow-up to uh, my last message that I got to share a couple weeks ago when we talked about Mark chapter 3. Because if you remember in Mark chapter 3, Jesus pulls these 12 guys aside and said, you're going to be my guys, you're going to be my disciples. I'm going to have a special relationship with you. I'm going to get to know you intimately, and you're going to get to know me intimately. And then as you learn and grow and are trained, you can go and make other disciples, help other people know Jesus more intimately. And so today in Mark chapter 6, we get to continue to follow the storyline of these disciples. We get to see some of their successes but also some of their struggles, and that really matches what we experience as we serve and and as we are disciples and make disciples. Sometimes we see great success, and sometimes we see struggles, but today we're going to find some encouragement to to continue on through both of those things, because as you remember as well, Mark chapter 3 challenged us, are, are we being disciples? Are we taking time to know Jesus more deeply? And are we stepping up to be leaders and help other people grow to know Jesus more deeply? Remember, the church needs you. We we desperately need you to step up and to, to be leaders and to take responsibility to pass on what you've learned about Jesus and help other people know Jesus as well. So hopefully we get some advice and some encouragement today in Mark chapter 6, to to continue to press on in our service. So open up Mark chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 7 this morning. So Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 7. And Jesus called the twelve, and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if in any place you will will not receive you, and they will not listen to you when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So we see Jesus here. He breaks his twelve disciples into pairs. And he sends them out to neighboring towns and villages. And he says, I want you guys to travel light. Don't take extra clothes. Don't take uh, an extra bag. Just travel with what you have. When you get to a town, find somebody to, to stay with for the night. And then tell all the people in that town about Jesus, about this Jesus guy, that there, there's something different. Something's changing. You need to, to repent, you need to, to pay attention to who this Jesus is. And then then go to the next town. And and if a town won't listen to you, shake the dust off and, and move to the next town. Just keep bouncing around quickly to all these towns so that the word uh, about this coming Savior, this Messiah, can spread quickly. And what I, I want us to understand, first of all, is Jesus is not prescribing an overall method for evangelism. Sometimes we do need to go just, quickly touch somebody, right? serve somebody in some small way and then move on with life. Or, or maybe you have the opportunity just to share briefly with somebody about Jesus. That, that's awesome to do that. But we also as well need to build relationships with people and spend time over days and months and years sharing the love of Jesus with somebody through our life and our, our actions. So this is a, a specific mission for a specific time that Jesus is sending these guys on. This isn't always how we have to do evangelism. There's different ways for us to reach out and share Jesus with people. But what I really want us to see in this is that Jesus is sending His disciples on their their first mission as disciples. Their first opportunity to really step out and, and serve Jesus. And what we need to understand is where the disciples were at at this time, that these disciples weren't expert disciples. They weren't fully done with their training here. They weren't doctorates in Jesus at this moment, right? They still had a, a ton to learn. They, they were still trying to figure things out for themselves. Actually, in verse 52 of this chapter, After Jesus feeds the 5,000, which we'll look at in a little bit, but after that miracle, it says that they still couldn't figure out how that happened and and what was really going on. They just didn't fully understand yet. But yet, Jesus sends them to go and serve. And so why do I make a big deal about that? Because one of the excuses we use a lot not to go and serve is I just don't have enough experience. Or maybe if I learn a little bit more, maybe if I, I take a class, maybe if I'm a Christian for a few more years, then I can step up and serve. And the reality is, you can serve right now. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, there, there's some way you can serve Jesus. And really, if, if you know Jesus is the Son of God, if you know He died on the cross for your sins and if you know that your faith in Him is is what saves you and makes you right with God, you're actually further ahead than the disciples were in Mark 6. They still hadn't figured out even that basic gospel stuff yet, and Jesus is using them. They just knew Jesus is, is special, and, and we trust Him, and, and so we're going to go and we're going to serve. And, and so even if you just know the gospel, you're further ahead than they were. There's some way that you can serve. And that doesn't mean that you can do everything. There's some things maybe you need a little more experience to do. If you just accepted Christ as your Savior yesterday and you don't know any Bible stories, you probably shouldn't be teaching children's church. You should probably learn the Bible stories on your own first before you try and teach them to somebody else. But you could go and be an aide in a children's class. Just be another adult in the room, be there helping to keep order and hand out snacks. And actually, that might be hugely beneficial to both the class, just having another adult in the room, and hugely beneficial to you, because you could learn the Bible stories while the kids are learning the Bible stories. So do you get my point there? There is some way, wherever you're at in your walk with Jesus, there is some way that you can be serving. And we need you to step up and, and serve in the church. Don't think, I'm not experienced enough. I don't know enough. I see opportunities, Step in and serve in some way. And so the disciples, even though they're not experts yet, they're obedient to what Jesus asked them to do. And look at what happens in verse 12. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Because they were obedient to do what Jesus asked them to do, God did amazing things. He did awesome things through them. Not because they were experts, just because they chose to serve and to be obedient. And the same is true for us today. That when we serve Jesus, God does awesome stuff through us and in the lives of other people. And now, I'm not promising you that you're going to be casting out demons or or healing the sick. And and honestly, I don't really believe that healing of the sick is for today, or at least it's not commonplace for today. And and that's a, a whole other talk for another day. And so I'm not promising you you're going to do exactly what happened here, but I'm promising you that when you serve Jesus, God is going to do awesome stuff through you. That when you pour into a life of a young person from a messed up family, and then you see that young person grow up and be a godly man or a godly woman, that's awesome. When you go to your friend who is broken and hurting, and you see them find hope and purpose in Jesus, that's amazing. When you go and you serve that elderly person who's, who's lonely and who's defeated, and, and you do something around their house, and make their house a little nicer, and, and they feel a little less defeated, and you spend some time with them, and they feel a little less lonely, and you, you see some joy come into their life, that's awesome. When we serve Jesus, God does amazing stuff. And again, it might not be right away. Sometimes it it takes time to see life change and life impact, but I promise you if you go and if you serve obediently what Jesus is is putting in front of you to do, you're going to see God do some awesome stuff. And and that's what we get to do. That's that's the joy in serving Jesus, seeing God move in awesome ways. Right? That, that encourages us, that, that motivates us to keep serving and to keep going. We live in, in a world and in a culture where people are desperate to do something meaningful in their life. And when we serve Jesus, we can do something of ultimate meaning and purpose. We see God do amazing things. But I don't want to sugarcoat this this morning. Serving Jesus isn't all rainbows and, and butterflies. Serving Jesus sometimes is hard. There's, there's struggles involved in it. And we see that with the disciples as well in Mark chapter 6. Jump ahead to verse 30. We'll, we'll skip over the, the beheading of John the Baptist. You can read that on your own if you want. But we'll jump down here to verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So all the disciples gather back together. They gather with Jesus. And they're they're pumped up. They're excited for what just happened. But I imagine they're probably also pretty tired. Uh, I want you to, this morning, put yourselves in the shoes, or I guess more properly the sandals, of the disciples. Put yourself in their place. One of the things I I thought about is, if this had been a normal summer, uh, I would have been at camp for two weeks, and this past week would have been my my first week back home after serving at camp. And every year after I come back from camp, I'm I'm fired up, I'm I'm excited, because God always does awesome stuff at camp. But I'm also super drained. Physically, mentally, emotionally, I'm just wiped out from serving those two weeks at camp. And if you've served at camp, or if you've gone on a missions trip of any kind, you, you probably know what I'm talking about. You're excited because God's done awesome stuff, but also you're, you're pretty worn out as well and, and ready to just crash and rest. And so I imagine that's where the disciples were here. And so when Jesus says to them there, Hey, let's take the boat, let's go over to this desolate area, and we'll just rest there. You can tell me some stories about the awesome stuff that happened on your trip, and and we'll just rest and and relax. I'm sure the disciples were ready to, to jump right on board with that. But look what happens. Verse 32. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, Jesus saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and began to, he began to teach them many things. And so the disciples, they get in the boat, and they, they start to head across the sea to this desolate place. And some people from the shore, they, they see them going, and they recognize, hey, that, that's Jesus and his disciples there. And so these people take off running towards this desolate place. And and this crowd gathers in this desolate, maybe not so desolate, place. And so Jesus and the disciples, they land the boat on the shore. And they, they get off the boat. And there's already this huge crowd waiting for them. And it says Jesus has compassion on them and begins to teach them. Now again, put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. And I I don't know about you maybe you're a better person than me but I would think if I'm a disciple my first reaction probably isn't compassion. Uh, what I kind of thought about and and maybe you can relate to this as well is just picture yourself uh, it's Friday night, you've had a busy crazy week of work you're you're just tired out and you're sitting on your couch, and you're just thinking man I'm. I'm so glad it's the weekend. I got nothing on my calendar tomorrow. I'm just going to sleep in, and then I'm going to sit around and, and watch college football all day. Side note, I really hope we get to watch college football this fall. Anyway, you're just thinking, I'm worn out. I can't wait for Saturday to spend all day resting and relaxing. And then what happens? You get that text. You get that phone call. Hey, I'm in a bind. Can you come over tomorrow morning and, and help me out all day? What, what is your reaction to that text? What is your reaction in that moment? And again, maybe you're a better person than me, but my first reaction usually isn't compassion in that moment. My first reaction is usually, what excuse can I think of to get out of this? Uh, I'm still social distancing, sorry, can't help. Right, there's gotta be some excuse to get me out of this. And then usually my, my wife reminds me, stop being selfish, go help them. But put yourself in that place, put yourself in the place of the disciples here. You're you're probably not feeling compassion. You're you're probably feeling more annoyance and, and frustration. I'm tired, I just want to rest. And so this verse reminds me and, and maybe reminds you as well. That even when I'm tired, even when I'm worn out, I still need to have compassion for others. I still need to have love and care for them. And now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to sometimes rest. Sometimes our, our tank is just completely on empty, on, on zero, and, and we just do need to say no and stop and, and rest. But in that moment, when that opportunity is presented before us... Are we thinking with compassion? Because the reality is, service doesn't just happen when it's convenient. And the reality is, usually the most impactful service opportunities are the ones that happen when it is most inconvenient for us to serve. And so are we keeping our hearts open with compassion towards other people? To say, even though I'm tired and worn out, I I, I still got to love and care and serve other people And in that moment, maybe you, your tank is on zero, and maybe you legitimately you do need to say, I, "I can't help. I just have to stop right now." And, and that's all right. But we need to weigh out. It, is this just my selfishness? Is this just I really like college football and I, I haven't had my me time this week, and I, maybe I just need to turn my heart over and, and have some compassion. And so Jesus challenges us, have compassion. Service doesn't always happen when it's convenient. And so we need to seek to to use those opportunities that God puts in front of us. But things just continue in this passage to, to get worse for the disciples. Look at verse 35 here. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And so Jesus ends up spending all day talking to this crowd. And so now the disciples aren't just tired, but they're hungry, probably hangry, as well. And so they say to Jesus, Jesus, send these people away. Right? Send them into town. They can get some dinner at Chick-fil-A or, or wherever. And, and they're probably thinking in the back of their mind too, send them away so we can eat some food as well. And what's Jesus' response to them? You feed them. And the disciples are looking at each other going, What, what do you mean us feed them? We, we maybe have enough food for us 12 disciples to have a meal. We, we definitely don't have enough to share with this entire crowd. And even if we went and bought food, it's going to cost 200 denarii. That, that's 200 days wages. That's over half a year's income. That's a lot of money. We don't have that kind of cash in our pockets, Jesus. What can we do? We, we can't feed them. And this again is another excuse for why we don't serve at times. That we look at the problem and say, what can I really do? What what impact can I really have? I don't really have much to offer in this situation. How how can I serve here? What's it going to do? What's it going to matter? The the problem is too big. I'm, I'm too small. I'm too weak to do anything here. Look at what Jesus says in verse 38. And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing, and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, And they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Jesus says to them, what what do you have? This this is a huge uh, problem to fix, but but what do you have? And they say, well, we we got a couple loaves of bread, We, we got a couple fish here. And Jesus takes what they have, and Jesus prays to God, and God does something amazing. With just those couple loaves and those couple fish, God uses that to feed this giant group of people. It says 5,000 men. That's, that's f- literally 5,000 adult males. There are probably also women and children there. So it's probably ten to 15,000 people in total that are getting fed here. With just a couple loaves and a couple fish. Jesus just takes their their weak service and and God does something amazing with it. And this is a huge encouragement of this chapter to us. That even when we think, my serving is is weak, my serving is small, Jesus can still do something amazing with that. Even when we don't think, "I'm, I'm not amazing, i got that much to offer, Jesus can still do something with that. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12. Paul in 2 Corinthians is is speaking to the Corinthians and he's speaking to this group of people that have just been amazed and blown away by these, these great professional speakers. These guys have come in with with big dog and pony shows and elaborate speeches, and and the Corinthians are saying, that's what it's all about, the the big show, the the amazing spectacle. And Paul says, wait, 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 wait. He says, you're missing the point. You got this all wrong. It's not about being big and amazing and impressive. Look at what he says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But Jesus said to, to me, Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I, Paul, will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul said it's it's not about offering this great, amazing magnificent act of service to god it's about me going to god in in my weakness and saying god just this weak thing i have to give you i I offer it to you and then god using our our weak service at times to to do amazing things for him And, and now i'm not saying this is this isn't an excuse for us not to work hard or not to prepare right Let's just go in it half-heartedly and, and God will do good out of it. We still we work hard, we do the best that we can, we, we prepare as, as much as we can, but, but we know that the results of the service aren't about the strength of our ability, but it's about us being committed to Jesus, and Jesus using our weakness to do great things to the glory of God. To do amazing things so that God gets glorified. And and again, I'm not saying as well that we we do things that we have zero ability to do. This doesn't mean I have zero musical ability. I'm not going to grab a guitar and say, Lord, help me, and then jump up on the stage and and expect to have this awesome worship set. It's still going to be really, really terrible. But what I'm saying is, even when we go and we say, man, I... I can do something. It's, it's not going to be real amazing, but I can do something, and God, I trust you to do something with it. God can do amazing things. Like take a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish and feed 10,000 people with it. And so we, we go and, and we serve, even though we don't always feel like we have the experience and the training to serve, we, we go and we serve, even though sometimes our hearts are more selfish than compassionate. We we go and we serve, even though sometimes we feel like what is our service really gonna you know, amount to anyway? Because we trust God can do and God will do awesome and amazing stuff. And at the end of the day we look back and we say, Man I didn't I didn't think I did that much, but man, God, you, you did such amazing things. One of the crazy things I've seen in my life in in serving God is just how many times I've done something and I think, well, that that wasn't really that spectacular. And somebody comes up to me afterwards and says, man, I I appreciated that so much. That that was so amazing. God really touched me through that. And I I look and say, man, I, I, I didn't think it was that impressive. But when I I get myself out of the way and and I just go in my weakness, it allows God to do awesome stuff. And so guys, I want to challenge you today. Serving is for everyone. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior, He he has something for you to do. and, And He wants to use you, even in your weakness, to do amazing things. And so go and serve today. We need you. Our church needs you. Our our community needs you. Our our nation definitely needs you because people need to know the love of Jesus. And so go and, and serve this week. Let me just close in prayer. Lord God, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are with us. And Lord, sometimes we feel so inadequate to serve you, but man, you're a God that takes our inadequacy and, and does amazing things to your Lord. We thank you that you allow us to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, help motivate us, help us to overcome our selfishness, to feel more compassion for others, and to just go and serve today. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, guys.